Welcome back to Disclaimers Aside, a bi-weekly podcast where I share the stories of people in my community, Disclaimers Aside. I'm your host, Aysara Amadou, and let's dive into this week's episode. to quickly realize this episode was pre-recorded over the summer. It was actually recorded a couple weeks before I was going into my senior year and this is the last of my pre-recorded episodes so I'm excited to have more up-to-date episodes. It's definitely nice to have podcast episodes batched out in advance but I feel like having the turn turnaround time be quicker will make the episodes feel like they're more connected to real time so excited for that but just keep that in mind when you're listening to this week's episode and let's go ahead and dive in welcome back to disclaimers aside i'm currently recording this episode on a sunday night i kind of had a very slow sunday i usually like to keep my sundays as free as possible so i can go through my sunday reset routine and just set myself up for a good upcoming week. This week I actually finished up my summer internship and one of the things just kind of reflecting during my last week of work that I realized that I wanted to share with you guys just in case anyone listening is around my age or is going to be entering this college phase of life where you're going to be trying out new internships or new jobs. I just kind of realized just reflecting on you know some of my past internships how easily we can often underestimate or downplay our value and the value that we bring to companies in our head, especially when you're in a position like a remote internship where you don't necessarily see exactly how your role or the work that you do benefits the overall structure of the company. It can be very easy to just kind of feel like you're work is meaningless or that your value is not important or that it doesn't matter and I think that's definitely natural especially when you're constantly surrounded by people who seem to know exactly what they're doing sometimes when you're in the intern role you're kind of at the start of your career or you're kind of at the bottom of the ladder and you're surrounded by all of these people who have been in this industry for years maybe decades are very confident in the work that they do and it seems like the work that they do is just so much more important than the work that you do so it's important to just put things back into perspective and remember that the work that you do is important the work that you do does bring value and in general just reflecting on my internship experience another thing that i learned is the importance of honing skills outside of the disciplines that we study especially when it comes to practical ones I think it can be easy to kind of have tunnel vision and just to focus on studying hard getting good grades like pursuing whatever major that we're in but I think especially coming from the perspective of being a humanities major where it's kind of hard to see where the skills and what I'm learning inside of the classroom is applicable to like the real world. I definitely see how important it is to kind of expand your learning outside of just what you're learning inside the classroom and learn practical skills that are especially important in this current job market. I think especially with the way that the job market is evolving with a lot of innovative changes like the development of AI, it's important to just keep an open mind and really be able to adapt and be able to expand your skill set in a way that'll position you better when you're looking for a job and that is i think why it's so important to get internships while you're in college to kind of not only just like get work experience and like learn new things but also just see kind of like what the job market looks like and what jobs are kind of looking like so then a few years down the down the line when you've graduated and you're ready to kind of look for a job and you're ready to start kind of applying to jobs you have some kind of idea of what skills that you should have i do really count myself lucky that i was able to land a remote internship like this this summer alhamdulillah it's it's been such a blessing and it's kind of allowed me to have some semblance of like a normal summer and it's definitely allowed me to maintain like a good work-life balance for sure i think it's really important with any opportunity that you get to remember why you wanted that opportunity in the first place even on your way out 
because I think that will really just keep you focused on what your objectives and your goals were for pursuing it in the first place, especially I think in times where you feel very burnt out. So I had a great internship experience this summer. This summer has honestly gone by so quickly. People in the quarter system have a lot more time left of summer. Like my sister goes to a quarter system school and she's not going back until mid-September. And mind you, I used to go to a school that was also in the quarter system too. So I'm used to like having summer extend all the way through mid-September. But I'm returning back to school in August again, around mid-August. And just reflecting on the summer, it's gone by so quickly. So, so quickly. I'm at this phase where I'm really just trying to get myself mentally prepared for my senior year because honestly looking at everything that I have going on for the next year inshallah like it's gonna be a very very busy year and I'm excited for it I know it's going to be really fun but I'm also low-key dreading it at the same time and I'm just trying to get myself in a place mentally where I'm able to kind of take everything on that's coming up in a way that's going to be healthy and still maintaining some sort of balance in my life. I'm already calling it now the 2023 to 2024 academic year is going to be my do not disturb year. Transitioning from last year into this year, I definitely tried to let go of some commitments and it was really hard. One thing I learned from last year is that you can't say yes to everything. You just can't be involved in everything if you want to live a balanced life, especially towards the end half of last year, like spring semester, I felt so burnt out and so tired that I was so excited for summer to start and just to be able to have more of a slow pace of life but i think the thing that like really pushed me over the edge was definitely working a part-time job spring semester that kind of took up like any free time that i had and so going into this school year i really wanted to make a conscious effort of letting go of some commitments and while i did let go of a few commitments i also signed on to a few more and at this point i really don't know if I'm gonna have that much of a more chill senior year but I did my best and it's okay and I'm also just telling myself that if I get to the point where I can't really handle all of the commitments that I have that I'm just gonna have to make the tough choice to let go of some of the commitments that I signed on to I'm definitely a person that has a lot of trouble when it comes to letting go of commitments because I really do not like to commit to something or start something or sign up sign up for something if I don't know that I can fully commit it commit to it but I think it's important sometimes to be able to let go of certain commitments for the sake of maintaining a balanced life because sometimes we just simply sign up for too many things and we predict that we can handle a lot more than we actually can it is going to be my last year of college, so I really want to, you know, live in the moment and really just experience my last year of college to the fullest extent possible. While I plan on going to grad school, I hope to ultimately go to law school. Not straight away, by the way. I'm planning on taking at least one gap year after I graduate from my undergrad, inshallah. Um, so while I plan on going back to school, and this is not really the end of higher education for me, it's definitely going to be different, I think. Like, the format of law school is definitely going to be very different from undergrad, and nothing is going to be, like, the quintessential undergrad experience. So I really want to just, like, treasure this era and this chapter of my life that I'm in, enjoy it, and live it, live in it to its fullest extent, um but also just keeping in mind a balance because i think also too one of the things that it's easy to kind of slip into this justification of signing up for everything and joining everything because it's like you're only going to be in college once you might as well experience all of these things but also at the same time if you sign up to for too many things like too many orgs or internships or whatnot you don't get to really experience like the quiet and the slower aspects of undergrad or university but really excited about this new academic year i'm curious very soon i'm hoping to just like sit down and set all of my goals for the academic year and my planner but that's kind of the mindset that i'm going into in these next two weeks so disclaimers aside my unpopular opinion for this week 
is that Regency shows are one of the best genres of television and go extremely underrated. I decided on this unpopular opinion today actually because I finished watching this show, this new show that I had never heard of and it's called Anne Boleyn. It's the one, I know there's probably like multiple out there with the same name, so it's the one that's the AMC Plus show. They have the first episode for free on Prime Video, but then after that you need to have like an AMC Plus subscription, which is just so annoying. Um, so I just had to use like one to three movies to watch it, but it was really good. It was only three episodes, so it's really, really short. And it honestly just felt like a really long movie. To be honest, I feel like they could have easily made it into a movie. Or I kind of wish they had just gone all the way and extended it so that it was like an actual full season, you know, like at least a good six to ten episodes. I don't think that would have been too much. But this show kind of focuses on Anne Boleyn the last like five months of her life. So at this point, like Elizabeth is born and this is kind of the period of her life where she's going through all of the miscarriages and King Henry is like about to move on to his next wife and he's trying to find a way to basically dispose of her. The last episode just like focuses on her arrest and her entire trial. What stood out to me about this show because I feel like I've seen a million of these is that the actress that they chose to play Anne Boleyn was a dark-skinned black woman which honestly have never really seen when it comes to a lot of regency shows or most regency shows they're pretty much all white casts it wasn't really until the release of bridgerton in like 2020 that kind of changed things and i feel like we're seeing a lot more diversity in regency shows but i thought it was really interesting this was kind of one of those cases where it was race blind so while they had people of color playing these historical figures they didn't really address race in it they just kind of had diversity without necessarily addressing race which i think is just as valuable and just as important as shows where race is a integral part of the plot and i really enjoyed it i feel like revived in me my love of regency shows and to be honest the reason why i love regency shows so so much is because no automatically when i start a regency show that i'm gonna enjoy it and usually it's like a five out of five stars i don't know what it is about it i've always just appreciated and really loved history and like historical fiction historical shows but it's like the regency era that just really gets me i think it's definitely part of it is like the escapism and i just find that period of time very fascinating to see so love to see some better representation expanding i think my only critique with the show was i definitely wish that the show was expanded a little bit further but i think just as a whole reason regency shows are very very underrated i wish they were more popular because there's really not many of them out there and i think part of the reason why is because it requires such a large budget to actually produce and if they're not popular why produce them this week's episode is titled hot girls don't gatekeep and this podcast episode is actually based on the tiktok trend from a couple months ago basically people would post tiktoks where it would be like a compliment they might receive like oh my god you have such good skin or how do you maintain a glowy complexion and then they would basically list all of the products they use or recommend to attain that compliment it's honestly just like the quintessential influencer trend and while i don't do a ton of influencing or giving you guys recs on this podcast i wanted to change that and i wanted to share some of my holy grail recommendations so the categories that i'm going to be sharing i just honestly made a list of a bunch of the holy grail things that i use but the categories very randomly in no particular order so the categories we're going to be talking about is skin hair i'm going to be sharing some hijab specific recommendations i have a little section on keeping up with dean in the west smelling expensive, lip products, jewelry, and then I have a general makeup section. The reason why I separated the lip products out is because I always get such compliments on the lip products that I use or just like lip combos that I use. So I wanted to separate that one out specifically, but I'm going to try my best to include all of the links in the, in the show notes of this episode so you guys can like access everything that I mention. If there's anything that I miss, please, please, please DM me over on the podcast Instagram. 
um, and I will update all of those links in the show notes. But I'm really excited about this episode. I love sharing with you guys just the things that I'm always using. It's part of the reason why I love vlogging. And I think this is a reminder for me that I really need to update my Amazon storefront because I've been getting a couple requests on TikTok to post my Amazon storefront. And I started one like a few years ago when I first heard of the concept of an Amazon storefront, but I haven't updated it in years. And to be honest, it's very outdated. So I really need to do that. But let's go ahead and just dive in and let's start off with skin and glowy skin. I really do not have the best genetics when it comes to skin. I don't know what it is. My mom has really, really clear skin, mashallah. And also, and my youngest sister has really really clear skin mashallah like my youngest sister never struggled with acne at all and my other sister had struggled quite a bit with her skin she even had to go on accutane so my skin is kind of in between my youngest sister and my uh middle sister in the sense that like my skin growing up was pretty much fine but then as soon as i hit puberty during my teenage years i got acne and i never had super aggressive acne but i definitely had like a lot of textured skin i had textured skin for years like literally since i would say around the age of like 12 13 all the way up until a year ago so it was a long time and for the longest time i didn't really do much to combat it i kind of just assumed for the first couple years that it was just like acne that came with being a teenager and that it would like fade over time but over time i realized that i really needed to take more of an active approach when it came to skin and i feel like i went through so many different skincare products like i literally went down the entire rabbit hole of like all of the skincare products out there and nothing was really working that well. A few years ago, I did a sponsorship with Curology and I went on Curology for like a year or two. And that actually really did help my skin quite a bit in improving my skin. But I noticed after some time that my skin started to plateau. And so about a year ago when I went to Santa Cruz, my skin got really, really bad. I think because of just the food and the environment. And so last summer, I was like, enough is enough. I really need to fix my skin because at that, at that point, I was 20, almost 21. The hormonal acne excuse is not working anymore. I went to the dermatologist and that completely, completely changed my skin. My skin has, alhamdulillah, cleared up so much in the past year to the point where like I've gotten compliments and people asking like what I do to keep my skin clear. So... I'm gonna be giving you guys the full roundup. I will say most of the reason why my skin has cleared is because I went to the dermatologist. So if that's something that you can do, that's personally what I recommend. Just because they'll be able to give you specific recommendations for your specific pro problems and they can, you know, look at your skin and tell you exactly what you need to do to fix it. They are a doctor, so a lot of the times their recommendation is gonna be the best. But in general, what I use for my like cleanser and moisturizer is CeraVe. I actually use the CeraVe moisturizer and sometimes I use the cleanser. But I also really like the Neutrogena Hydro Boost one. Because I use dermatologist prescribed topicals, they recommend to use as gentle cleansers as possible or just like cleansers and moisturizers that aren't don't have too many like acids in them or that aren't going to be like altering the chemicals in my skin. Um, because that's already being done by the topicals but I think CeraVe is probably one of the like most widely recommended skincare brands by dermatologists so definitely a, a safe brand to use. I would say the biggest game changer when it comes to my skin was using tretinoin which was prescribed by my dermatologist but I think nowadays you can get over-the-counter tretinoin whether that be in the form of like a pill or in the form of just like a topical so i definitely love tretinoin it's, i think it's like a form of retinol and they say like it's anti-aging and it basically just like is a topical that you use um daily at night that forces your skin cells to regenerate faster and this like completely transformed my skin so definitely look into tretinoin it is definitely a very aggressive so you have to apply it in a certain way like my dermatologist recommended to do a layer of moisturizer first mix in a pea size of the tretinoin topical with moisturizer and then add another layer of moisturizer after afterwards because 
The side effects of it are that it does dry up your skin or it can dry up your skin. So definitely moisturize a ton. And that has really, really helped me personally. I've been using Tretinoin for a little over a year at this point. I definitely recommend it. In terms of sunscreen, I used to be a super goop, super goop girl. And don't get me wrong, I still stand super goop. But when you're balling on a budget, the Trader Joe's sunscreen is like the perfect dupe for the super goop unseen sunscreen. And the way I discovered this was on TikTok, of course. I was on TikTok and these dermatologists were talking about how like the main ingredients in the Trader Joe's sunscreen are the same ones in the Supergoop ones and so the formula is like the same and the reason why I loved the Supergoop sunscreen was because of the formula it's just it's a clear sunscreen so it doesn't leave a white cast which is great for my melanated girlies it, it gives you like a nice glow but it's not overly oily and it works perfectly as a primer which I really love because then whenever I would put on makeup afterwards, like it would just glide on so smoothly. And the Trader Joe's sunscreen does kind of like the same thing. I really love it and it's for a fraction of the price. It's like around $8 at Trader Joe's. I think also too, it can be, it can be a little bit more convenient depending on like where you live. Not everyone has the quickest access to something like a Sephora, but I think Trader Joe's is definitely a lot more widespread. One of my friends was saying that people are sleeping on the Trader Joe's like skincare products and it's definitely the case because surprisingly if you actually like look in that section I only started looking when I started buying the sunscreen like you can find a lot of stuff they even have serums and things like definitely check it out next time you go on a grocery run speaking of serums I really love the ordinary serums I love the ordinary as a brand um basically the way I figured out like what serums I kind of need was I just went online and took their skincare quiz you can also just kind of do research on your own or maybe ask like a dermatologist but make sure if you're like taking something like trenoin or using something like trenoin that you double check that the serums you can use that you're using you can use while using trenoin and so that's what i did uh the two serums that i use are niacinamide and alpha arbutin but recently in the past month i stopped using alpha arbutin and i just used niacinamide i just wanted to like honestly save on how many serums I was getting and I realized that niacinamide is like what, I, what my skin really really needs so I've been using that. I really like The Ordinary because they're pretty affordable I would say compared to like a lot of the other brands that Sephora carries and personally the serums have really improved my skin like I, I remember there was a month where I decided to stop using my ordinary serums just to see like if it was actually doing anything to my skin and I noticed my skin started to break out so it definitely definitely does help me a lot with my skin last thing for glowy skin that i have to recommend is shaving your face um so they sell these like little tiny like razors that you can buy at the store and i think most people just kind of like shave their stash like the little mustache that might grow or like in between their brows like clean up their brows a little bit i personally actually use it like across my cheeks as well just to get rid of like any excess skin dead skin or any like small little hairs and afterwards i always notice that like my skin looks glowier when i put my makeup on it goes on a lot smoother and then it also just like makes your makeup also look all the much more glowier and it really helps with removing any look of like textured skin i do this like once a month i don't do this pretty often um but this obviously depends like person to person. So next, let's chat about some hair recommendations and caring for your hair. Um, I'm not the best when it comes to hair care. It's definitely not like something I'm super, super passionate about, but I'm getting better because I used to literally just like wash my hair, put lotion in, didn't matter what products I was using, and I would just do nothing to it. Um, in the past years, recently I've been just trying to take better care of my hair and just make sure my hair is a lot healthier but i definitely don't have to like worry about the look of my hair as much because you know i wear the hijab and a lot of the times like during the year i mainly keep my hair in protective styles so usually like box braids or cornrows and that's that really helps with keeping my hair healthy but the products what that I, but a product i definitely have to recommend is the miel line of hair care especially for black girls 
their the miel hair oil i don't know if it actually works but like everyone on tiktok says that it helps grow your hair really quickly i just use it kind of in my hair i try to use it like once a week when i wash my hair just to like make sure my hair stays moisturized and like healthy and strong and then but i really really love their leave-in conditioner it comes in like a little spray bottle i think you can buy it in like the a regular container but i personally really like the spray bottle because it's easy to just kind of like spray and apply into my hair especially if you have if you have box braids or like any other kind of like complicated more complicated protective style spray bottle is definitely a lot more convenient i really love this stuff i not only put it in my hair after i wash it because i'm paranoid that i don't condition my hair enough i just cannot bring myself to like sit there and like deep condition my my hair for like an hour so i always put in leave-in conditioner afterwards but then i also apply it the throughout the week after in between washes and this it's just so that my hair doesn't get too dry and it kind of like maintains it its moisture i absolutely love this product it's really really nice you can find it at target i actually found out about it not from like the whole like tiktok viral situation but this past winter break when my cousin came to visit she forgot her hair products at home so she like bought the leave-in conditioner and i started using it and i fell in love some hijab specific recommendations first things first is hijab pins the hijab magnetic pins i used to buy these on veiled collection but you don't need to buy them on veiled collection anymore because now amazon has them they're these little mini magnetic pins that you can use to just keep your hijab in place to pull off a, a certain style i at first didn't really understand why people used pins and i feel like regular pins are very annoying to use but these are just so convenient and so helpful and they keep your hijab secure in such a convenient way i know for myself like i'm constantly especially since i wear a lot of chiffon scarves i'm constantly like refixing my hijab or like playing with my hijab or like and, and it just gets annoying throughout the day it's annoying i'm sure for other people so hijab pins are really nice to make sure that your hijab is going to stay secure all day long next thing is hijab caps i used to be so anti-hijab caps i was anti-hijab caps honestly until like the last year or so i just personally did not love the look of hijab caps and i feel like the hijab caps that i was constantly exposed to when i was a kid were just honestly were frankly scary I've changed my opinion when it comes to hijab caps especially since i wear a lot of chiffon scarves like i felt like i could never wear a chiffon scarf because i hadn't worn hijab caps and chiffon material if it's not like on top of like a cotton material just completely slips off your head like quite literally i would be sitting in a lecture with like a hundred people this has happened twice before and my chiffon scarf fully just slipped off my head it was so bad that's actually why i like got into um tucking my hijab behind my ears or like putting on sunglasses like some people think that i did that for fashion that was because i was deathly afraid of my hijab falling off and i needed some way to keep it on this was before i like started investing in hijab pins too but hijab caps completely eliminate that problem like i saw my sister wearing a hijab cap and i was like why are you wearing a hijab cap like before i thought it was more for people to um like smooth out their hair or just get the shape of their like shape the, their hijab in a certain way and that's i think the primary reason why people would wear it slash another reason could be like to to just like cover up your baby hairs and your edges but my sister was like no girl if you put a hijab cap on that keeps the hijab from slipping off and i was genuinely shocked but it's true so I'd definitely invest in hijab caps especially the ones that you can like tie at the end are really nice i'll link in the description box the ones that i buy from amazon because it's like a pack of four it has like the little string ties at the end which are really nice i actually surprisingly really do like the fact that it like can shape your hijab too because i noticed that when i have box braids in my hijab the look of my hijab like the shape of it looks horrendous so this always like is really nice to just kind of fix that and like smooth everything out but i'm a huge fan i wear it all the time 
definitely invest in a hijab cap. Another thing that hijabis need are bodysuits. Invest in tons and tons of bodysuits. You can get specifically the ones that are like sleeveless because a lot of the times like you'll you'll be shopping and you'll find a really cute top with like a low neckline or like maybe a midriff is showing but like the arms are covered and that's so annoying like it's actually the worst feeling possible because then you have to wear an entire long sleeve shirt underneath but in, if you invest in bodysuits especially for the summer you don't have to like go and put an entire long sleeve shirt underneath you can just cover up the areas that are like being exposed i can't believe it took me this long to realize this but i only realized this like last summer and it's been a game changer for me speaking of those like basic long sleeve tops and bodysuits there's this brand on amazon called pume it's spelled p-u-m-i-e-y and their entire like everything that they have i saw on tiktok are like perfect skims dupes People were saying that even if you look at the makeup of the clothing, it's like the exact same ingredients. Would you even say ingredients for, for clothes? I think it, it just has the same exact makeup in the clothes that are in Skims. And I ordered one of their long sleeve bodysuits, like a chocolate long sleeve bodysuit body for, for Prime Day. And I kid you not, you guys, it was the quality was so good and it was like a perfect dupe which is so convenient especially since skims is so expensive it's definitely like not the cheapest thing but it's definitely like a cheaper version of skims and they have really really nice stuff and really nice basics and great layering pieces as well i think in general when it comes to hijabs and pairing certain hijabs with outfits I would say it's important to pay attention to the undertones and colors and definitely don't be afraid of color. I know we all go through our black hijabi phase where every single day you're wearing a black hijab and you think in the moment you're you're slaying. You think like this is it, but really it's like the hijabis that are able to like mix and match colors or like pull off really really cool colors that i have so much respect for because like that is true fashion so don't be afraid to just experiment with color experiment with different styles too like for the longest time ever i would just use the same exact style every single day with my hijab but i think tiktok is a great resource is a is a great resource if you want to experiment with different hijab styles and like not every style is gonna look good like certain you really have to kind of pay attention to like your face shape because certain styles will like look good on on one person but then look horrendous on another so just pay attention to your face shape and like what you like and also just like match your hijab style to like the silhouette of the outfit that you're wearing so keeping up with the dean in the west is really really hard but I just wanted to give three recs to some books that I personally have purchased that really help out, um, especially just coming from the background of someone who doesn't speak Arabic or who doesn't really understand Arabic. So the first one is Secrets of Divine Love by A. Halwa. I'm sure you guys have heard of this one. Um, this one is just a book about Islam and it's just like a guide to Islam, but it's done in such a loving approach and like approach of love rather than fear with islam which a lot of the times i think that is a way that people can kind of go wrong when they are teaching other people about islam is like framing things through like a fear mindset i think it's important to just frame everything from a mindset of love and through a perspective of love when it comes to islam islam is such a loving religion and i think that's one of the things that i love about this book and the way that it presents Islam. The next thing that I think is so important to have, especially if you don't speak Arabic or understand Arabic, is a English translated Quran. I personally have bought mine from Amazon. It's like a paperback, like $7 copy. So it's really, really affordable. And I really like the translation in this one. Like, I think he does such a great job. Based on my research, this one is like the closest to the actual Quran, which definitely makes it very hard to understand. But I think I really wanted to just like be able to read a Quran that is like as close to the original Quran as possible. I think it's so important to read the Quran in whatever language that you understand or speak. Because growing up, you know, I learned the Quran just in arabic and like i was kind of told the summary of like what certain surahs meant and like the stories 
but I think it's important to rate it for yourself to have that agency and I think it's a important step in building your iman. It's pretty lengthy and it's pretty dense so definitely don't like put any expectations on yourself to like finish it very quickly. Like I've been working at this Quran for the past few years, like the past year or so and I don't read it as regularly as I would like but at this point like I'm about a third of the way through the Quran. I think it's important to just form your own relationship and your own connection with the Quran and I think reading a translated version of the Quran is very important for that. Another one that I would recommend is the clear Quran. So this is not an exact direct translation of the Quran, rather it takes like the English translation of the Quran and just kind of makes it more clear. And I I haven't read this one too much. I just got a copy from school this past year and I'm planning on delving into it more but just like looking through it it's really nice because it like sorts um the chapters thematically and it discusses a lot of like the themes like in the quran which can be really hard um because the the type of language in the quran is like a very very old form of arabic and it's very just old language it can be really hard to like understand like the main themes behind the surahs and so even when I'm reading my version of the English translated Quran, like I have to read the Quran. I have to like sometimes look up lectures on it where people are like explaining it um, and just do more than just like reading the Quran to understand it because it can be really hard to understand. But I think that is just kind of the beauty in it. And I, the thing that I love the most about it, I definitely like I missed that era of like High school where we would read these poems written in very like old shakespearean english and we had to like almost translate it and like find what meaning we could from the text and i think that reading the quran really just like fulfills that joy for me so that's what i recommend i also recommend listening to islamic podcasts i think this is a way to make islam and the deen more accessible to you especially if you are someone who doesn't necessarily enjoy reading or doesn't have the time to like sit there and read. Um, reading, listening to Islamic podcasts can be a lot easier for you to incorporate into your daily schedule. So those are the recs that I have with keeping up with the Dean in the West. The reason why I included this category, I know it seems pretty random because a lot of these other recommendations are kind of like focusing on your physical outward appearance, but I feel like building up your mental well-being and your inward health is just important and plays a huge role in your physical appearance so if you want to glow on the outside you got to glow on the inside whether that be islam for you and the dean for you or something else i think just making sure that you really focus on your mental health as well as your physical health because your mental health has a direct correlation with your with your physical health let's talk about smelling expensive okay i'm not the biggest expert on this to be honest i'm really lucky because my mom is like a perfume addict so like all my perfumes are from her but my biggest tip personally is arab perfumes like if you want to smell expensive invest in arab perfumes now obviously everyone's preference for scents is different this is more for people who like a more like stronger scent, but I think Arab perfumes just like they smell like luxury in a bottle. And it's really nice too because, you know, depending on the one that you pick out, they can be pretty cheap. Like I have a couple bottles that I'm going to recommend here to you guys that my mom gave me. She bought these in Mauritania and they were definitely on the cheaper side, definitely cheaper than like designer perfumes, but they still have that like expensive oud smell. So first one is an Eau de Parfum. It's the Harim Al Sultan. Really love this one. The next one, oh my God. The second one's in Arabic, so I don't know what this one is called, but I will try to ask my mom and have the links to these in the show notes so you can access these. And then the last one is called Sakina. Um, it's aqua perfume and it's by the brand I think Nassim and this one's like a milky perfume So it's really nice because you can like put it on your skin like rub it into your skin and your skin will glow as well But yeah, I think investing in Arab perfumes you'll smell unique. You'll smell like smell expensive. It's just giving rich um, Those are my new favorite perfumes. I really like strong perfumes. I think if you're not someone who likes very strong scents like this my advice for smelling expensive is just to like find your signature scent that you really like 
and invest in it like just go full throttle go all the way develop your signature scent and i think it's cool that people can kind of associate like a specific scent with you i personally mix up my perfumes way too much for this to be the case for me but i think it is cool you know the people that like they're wearing the same perfume every day and so when you smell that perfume you you think of that person so now let's talk about lip products now i will say like i always get a lot of compliments on my lips i've even gotten asked like <laughs> where i got my lips done i don't i've never gotten like any lip injections or any i've actually never gotten any like plastic surgery in general um but specifically when it comes to like lips like i've never gotten any work done on my lips i've never gotten botox or anything done it's just genetically like i am an african woman so having big lips is like one of the main prominent african features so i got blessed genetically with my lips but i would say one thing i do just to like take care of them and just so that they always look juicy is <laughs> is um i'm always like i actually have like genuinely guys i actually have a vaseline addiction and so i'm always like i'm always applying chapstick on and I, my recommendation is like don't just be going to the store and buying like the run-of-the-mill chapstick like don't go out and buy that like cheap chapstick brand get a chapstick that's like vaseline or aquaphor that is like very like how do i describe this that is very like that's like a cream almost that's very creamy that's like because when you put it on it's gonna make your lips look like you literally have lip gloss on and so i always 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 have chapstick on over the years i've gotten like very dependent on them so i like get very hyper folk fo i get i'm very hyper fixated on when my lips get dry that's why i'm always like constantly reapplying vaseline and aquaphor i i really love aquaphor but vaseline does the same exact thing if you're looking for like a cheaper alternative i would also recommend in always having clear lip gloss like even if you're not wearing makeup and your face is completely bare put on some clear lip gloss i'm telling you guys you'll look and feel all the more put together even when i do makeup a lot of the times like i'll still just use a clear lip gloss instead of like using another color like sometimes i feel like your natural lip color is just the best lip color for your face so i think always having a clear lip gloss on hand is so so important and to be honest with clear lip gloss like it doesn't really matter the quality so like i'll buy like any drugstore lip gloss I'm not super loyal to any specific type of clear lip gloss. The one that I've bought in a couple times was like the Revlon one. I really like Revlon's lip glosses, but no specific lip gloss needed when it comes to like the clear lip gloss. In general, for like general lip glosses, I definitely recommend the Maybelline Hyaluronic Glosses. These are like a perfect dupe to like the Fenty lip glosses. You can find them at Target. They're these very like sheer... They're only like they only give you a very light color to your lip gloss and they have hyaluronic acid in them as well which is good for your lips i really really love these i've tried a couple of the different colors out i think you gotta just like figure out when it comes to like the lip products that you're using like what you like what you think looks good with your complexion and your skin tone it's really not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to lip products expanding it a little bit further in terms of general makeup my recommendations for eyeshadow palettes is definitely the morphe eyeshadow palettes like i've had my james charles eyeshadow palette legit since i was a junior in high school and i've never really needed to buy any more eyeshadow palettes after i bought that palette because it literally ha it has like every shade that or every color that you would need that you would possibly need and i really love the quality of morphe like there's just nothing out there like a morphe eyeshadow palette i'm so sad that the james charles rainbow palette has been discontinued but morphe does have other palettes that you can check out so honestly i would just recommend like figuring out like what colors you gravitate more towards i would say like when i was in high school or when i was first starting out with makeup i wanted like more of a rainbow palette but over the years i've realized when it comes to eyeshadow the colors that i stick to tend to be brown gray purple and blue like those colors i don't really use pink i don't really use red i don't use really use green sometimes i'll use i'll use gold and like bronzy shades um i don't use like black or like anything like silver 
too often so just like thinking about the colors that you use you can also do research into what eyeshadows you should be using to like complement your eyes i think i saw a tiktok a few years ago that was saying if you have brown eyes to use purple eyeshadow and lucky for me because i really love purple eyeshadow like i will use it pretty often i would say uh, i used to do purple eyeshadow a lot more often when i was younger um especially since when when euphoria was super popular but i think purple eyeshadow looks really good with brown eyes so just doing research into like what eyeshadow colors go well with your complexion a hack that i really like to use is if you use like a powdered bronzer like i have a powdered bronzer that i use i will sometimes i'll just go in and use that as an eyeshadow and it'll kind of look a look a little bit more natural i think it's important when it comes to makeup to invest in a really good foundation because don't get me wrong there are really good drugstore foundations out there i used to use the maybelline foundation um, when i was in high school but i think a good foundation is really important because it's like one of the most important parts of your makeup and typically what i like to do when it comes to foundation is like i will mix it in with my skincare as much as possible just so that like it's not it doesn't look like a cakey layer i've also learned that you don't need to put an entire layer across your entire face especially if you have pretty good skin i've learned to just kind of use foundation in the spots that i need it and i don't actually use it i guess i use it more of a con like as a concealer but i just don't like the consistency of concealer because i think it's too thick i like how foundation is thin and it can like blend easily into my sunscreen so like you can even try tricks like blending your foundation into your sunscreen or your moisturizer and like that's how people um just have such flawless base makeup is like blending their foundation into their skin so it's not super cakey another makeup product i would definitely recommend investing in and not cheaping out in is mascara there are plenty of great drugstore mascaras as well but just don't go out and get like the wet and wild mascara because i remember one time it was when i was in high school i was really balling on a budget and i bought like a really really cheap wet and wild mascara and it was terrible and like it was the worst quality i really like if you're like looking for designer mascaras that are going to be really good quality i really like the gucci and chanel mascaras they're both around like 30 dollars, so they're not outrageously expensive but they're definitely more expensive than your run-of-the-mill drugstore mascara those are the ones that i've been using and have been alternating in between so i it's been a while since i've bought like a drugstore mascara so i don't remember really what i was using before but nothing has worked as well as these two mascaras in general when it comes to makeup my approach that i've learned over the years is especially for like on an everyday basis when it comes to like everyday makeup less is more I think the less makeup that you put on the more glowy and youthful you look like you look i've definitely been learning a lot from like this clean girl trend of makeup now don't get me wrong there are specific occasions where like i want to do a full beat i want the foundation to be like foundationing like i want like it's it's like a more of an editorial look it's gonna be a full beat kind of day but on a daily basis i think less is more i think also it helps to really figure out like what specific areas you need more coverage than others for example if your skin is like completely clear like maybe don't you don't need to put a ton of foundation on or a ton of concealer on but maybe you have really short straight nat lashes and so you need to put on a ton of mascara or maybe your brows need more love or maybe it's your brows that need more love whatever it is just like figure out the specific areas that you need more makeup really try and apply makeup in a way that complements like, your natural features i think that's the issue when it comes to makeup sometimes is like if you're struggling with your makeup definitely think about how to really just like highlight and complement your natural features the last section of this podcast is jewelry it's going to be a pretty short section i get most of my jewelry from amazon amazon has a ton of really great staple jewelry i am gold over silver all the way 
i would recommend when it comes to jewelry to really just mix and mask like western jewelry with cultural jewelry so while i have like my gold amazon hoops that i wear i have a set of bangles that i wear every day if you can find jewelry from back home i think that's a great way to just like connect to your culture and also just for your jewelry jewelry to be unique and don't be afraid to mix and match jewelry i definitely have jewelry that like stays consistent like for me i've learned i like to have like the same necklace on every single day but when it comes to earrings like i'll switch out my front hoops out i'll switch out my rings depending on what i'm wearing that day also piercings like definitely look into piercings i was given just like my standard single earlobe piercing when i was a baby and then to my mom's disappointment when i turned 19 i decided i wanted to get my seconds i really wanted to get them when i was 18 and she was really against the idea and i just ended up getting them when i was 19 finally 19 and then i got my thirds as well and both times my mom did not want me to get them but she admitted to me recently that she's actually glad that i got them because they're she thinks they look cute but i think having multiple piercings on your ears are always it's just so cute typically what i'll do is i'll put in two smaller earrings in like the back ones and then the front ones will be like the statement earring and i would say like the back two earrings don't really change um i have this like pin earring that's a little more dainty from anna luisa and then in, in in my seconds and in my thirds i have this little baby baby hoop that is from tj maxx that my mom gave me and i think i believe they're gold plated in the back and then my front lobe is the only lobe that i'll put in like a cheap earring in because i'm not really worried about it getting infected it's also the one that i like switch out the most frequently so I would say like play around with the idea of getting multiple piercings i personally don't have a nose piercing and i don't think like a nose piercing is necessarily for me or something that i want to get but consider that both my younger sisters have nose piercings and like it looks so good on them and they literally went through a mini glow up with those nose piercings so it can definitely piercings can change your appearance in your face a lot and it's just a great way to like also just express yourself and express your style so definitely look into that but that concludes this hot girls don't gatekeep episode i hope you guys enjoyed i'm gonna try my best to link everything in the description box if there's anything i forget to forget to link please just feel free to dm me over on the disclaimers aside podcast instagram and if you're not following disclaimers aside on instagram make sure to do that i will have the link to that as well in the show notes i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and i will chat with you guys in my next one bye